Welcome to Reality Roots Pod with me, your host, Hillary. I I I podcast to you today with a heavy heart because not too long before I started recording, we all learned that Jerry Springer passed away. And so I would be remiss without starting, I think, this episode without a big RIP in, in loving memory of Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer is really probably my favorite person out of all of the talk show hosts that I cover. He, I was just reading the statement from his family and the thing that really stuck out to me is um, they use the words memories of his intellect, heart, and humor. And that is really, that combination is really what made Jerry Springer such an exceptional person and so much fun. I don't think anybody else could have had that show. I know the last episode of his that I had covered, it felt like he was kind of trying to fight where the show was going, but I know, I mean, we all know he leaned into it in his way, and he really was an exceptional person, and he lived an exceptional life, and I feel like the world will miss him. I will miss him, and that is all I want to say about that. I'm sure I'll say more. I should have, I'd already, listen, guys, <laughs> I have a life. I should do probably a Jerry Springer episode this week. That would be smart and timely and relevant, but I've already done all the previous work for this week. So next week we will do Jerry Springer. Maybe I'll do a whole bunch of Jerry Springers like in a, for a few weeks in a row to mark his passing. I'm not sure yet, but that's not what we're talking about this week and that didn't quite quite work out, but we will visit Jerry Springer next week, I promise. I'm also sorry, I was going to say I'm sorry. I don't know why. Oh, I I do know why. <laughs> it's because I'm sick and I have a cold. So my voice is kind of weird and I might sniffle or cough. I know how annoying that is. I'm sorry. I'll try to keep it to a minimum, but I am a human being and I did get sick this week. So I'm doing my best. Like I said, unfortunately, we're not with Jerry Springer this week. We are with Sally Jesse Raphael this week. To be honest, I didn't even really look at my rotation or where I was in my schedule. I just felt it felt right. <laughs> felt like the appropriate amount of time since we talked with Jesse. Jesse, Jesus Christ, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, too many names. Oh, see, I'm all upset because of Jerry Springer. Ugh, that sucks. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try to move on and not make it a sad podcast. Sally, Jesse, Raphael is here with an episode titled, He's Not My Grandson. He's my lover. Ooh. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun episode. I don't know. It's not too serious. You'd think it would be worse. You'd think there'd be more pedophilia. But the pedophilia was sort of at a minimum considering the subject matter. Which is good. Sally sets up the show with a bit of a monologue, and while she's monologuing, we watch various couples make out, which was really weird. There's a lot of making out in this episode, more more making out than I think I've ever seen in 30 minutes of any show, I'm sure. First up, we have our first two big makeout culprits of the episode, I would say, B and Rusty. She's a 75-year-old great, great, great grandmother. He's 31. All Every time people are on stage or anytime we see one of these couples anywhere on our screen for this whole episode, I want you to know that they put a little heart under their face with their age on it, which 
It was really weird. So we see B and Rusty like next to each other and there's a little heart under B that says 75 and a little heart under Rusty that says 31. It was weird, not a weird visual effect, but it was consistent. It was weird in its consistency across the episode. I must have seen more of those hearts than people, I think, at least as far as this 40 minute episode goes. B and Rusty ride in on a motorcycle for some reason. It's so cheesy. She's like, oh, they're riding through New York on a motorcycle now. Oh, I think they're here as we watch them come in on camera, like into drive it on into the studio and apparently directly on stage. I'm sure that wasn't edited at all. Psych. It was, I don't know. It was cheesy. Rusty helps B off the motorcycle and he nearly has to pick her up to do it and he almost cannot stop making out with her while he's doing it for some reason. I'm guessing they're nervous. I don't know why they're making... I've never made out with anyone this much in this amount of time in my life. 75 or 31 or 14. (laughs) They, They really suck face for some reason. B's outfit is kind of fun it's a red like red when I say red I mean like cherry red leather jacket with the matching pants and it's over a gold blouse red like that shade of red and gold is so fun (laughs) kind of says sex I think it's it gives me it wasn't the same outfit but in terms of color combination it was very uh, ghostbusters of course, I cannot think of her name right now. I want to say Sydney, but it's not Sydney. Everyone's screaming at me right now. Oh my god. Well, that'll come to me in the middle of the night when it's completely too late. Anyway, red and gold. B, I don't know. B looks like she's 75. She does. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Yes. Um, Sigourney Weaver's weird demon outfit in Ghostbusters. But B is obviously not looking like Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters because B is a 75-year-old lady. She looks like a 75-year-old lady. Rusty's outfit, he's in this whole motorcycle getup. He does have a bit of a bald spot, but it's kind of the bald. It's like starting in the back, and I think it's getting bigger. He's got a long braid down the back he does honestly his face does look very handsome and he's not we can't really see his body because it's under kind of a bigger outfit but he 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 looks like he's an attractive guy in hindsight I don't know I guess if you saw him now you'd be like that's kind of weird but it's more just the styling his actual face is very handsome and I, I he looked familiar and as close as I could find as a reference in my own brain He kind of looked like Robin Williams, but like a young, hot Robin Williams with a chiseled jawline. He starts making out with her right away before they even sit down. They're just all over each other. Apparently, they've been married for five to six years. And Sally asks them for, quote, the romantic details. I love 90s, like, talking. It's like we're getting more comfortable with talking about sex, but we don't really want to say sex or words that are too close to sex, I guess. Rusty explains... Oh, about their meeting, too. Sorry. Romantic details, but also kind of, like, how they met. Rusty explains that he was in Florida with friends on a vacation. And he's 31 now, and this was, what, five to six, so probably six to seven years ago when he was 24, 25, and he starts out in a weird way. He's like, you know, I've always been attracted to much younger girls. It's like, oh, like, like how young? That sounds like a different problem. Rusty, on this trip anyway, didn't feel like the young girls could appreciate what he wants in life. It sounds, it like, it makes sense when he's 31, but it breaks down when you remember that at the time he was like 24 or 25. What did you want out of life? Or <laughs> what, what, oh God. So what does he mean by much younger girls when he was 25? Like, 
I hope it's 18, right? But what a 25 could an 18-year-old not appreciate about what you want out of life? It is a weird... I'm not saying it's not a a problematic age difference in its own way. I don't even know. Anyway, he saw these women, like B's group of friends, I guess. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty dead in the bar anyway. So I was like, yeah, let's ask them to dance. Kind of fucking rude because it's your wife now, but okay. They asked them, so they asked them to dance, and Rusty's like, "I was dancing with B," and I was like, "Whoa, this girl can really dance." And then we get a clip of B dancing backstage by herself in her red leather outfit, and I'm here to I'm here to confirm she cannot, <laughs> she cannot dance by any standard. She had she had a real grandma at a wedding style of dance that's for sure so after rusty and b lived out their dirty dancing fantasy he told her all about motorcycles i guess he was always into motorcycles sally first asks what happened when he finally put her on a motorcycle and apparently she was like go 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 b b is like he couldn't go fast enough. And Rusty, the cutest way I've ever heard, was like, I'm going the speed limit, woman. <laughs> Never thought I would describe a sentence where he calls his wife woman as a cute sentence, but it was actually cute. It wasn't said like with malice. It was just like, it was very cute. There was also some kind of joke they made in there where he was like, oh, I've always been into them since I was 16. And B was like, they didn't even have motorcycles when I was 16. Tell me everything. (laughs) Something like that. It was also kind of cute. So they've been married for five years now. Sally asks how it's going. Rusty says faster and faster. And B says better and better. Sally asks B... And she's like, help me understand. Help me understand. What a 75-year-old woman sees in a man who's 44 years younger? Sally, that's not the question. He's fucking hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it is. Dick. Like, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, we should be maybe be asking Rusty what he sees in a 75-year-old woman. But I think it's pretty clear. And B confirms well, I just found the man I wanted. And when I saw a big hunk of a man like him, I couldn't turn him down. (laughs) Do we say hunk anymore? I feel like we don't say hunk anymore. I'm bringing back hunk, guys. Rusty is kind of a hunk. As far as, you know, non-celebrities go. Rusty tells us that B is more wild sexually than any woman he's ever met in his life. And then Sally, in a very weird moment, because it's not... Okay, she says... She asks B, you guys are so wild. You even created a flood? (laughs) It's like, I don't even think we said flood my basement in the 90s. Is this... Did Sally know the joke she was even making? I hope she did. B's like, yes, in in Acapulco. And now you can kind of see Rusty getting a little bit embarrassed. He's like kind of hiding his head. I almost wonder if they're making out so much so Rusty can hide his face. Because this this is the point where Rusty seems embarrassed. Apparently, they were having sex and left the shower on and almost flooded the place. Do showers not drain? I guess they had the bathtub plugged. I I don't know what happened. It's it's probably not important. I don't know. B was like, no, I'd already had my bath. It was Rusty who left it on. <laughs> and Rusty's like, again, super embarrassed. He's like, oh, she tells too much. Like, <laughs> I think I kind of feel like she had a, like, they were like, let's take a break from the sex and wash ourselves. <laughs> Great idea. And then she had a bath and you know, for safety, and came out of the bath, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna have a shower, and turn the shower on, maybe didn't realize that she hadn't, how would you not, I don't know, I don't know, maybe she was like, oh, I'll turn the shower on for you, and oh gosh, I feel like I'm analyzing this way too much for what it is. Okay, in my head, this is what happened. B had her bath, and came out, 
Or maybe she got confused and she was like, oh, I turned the shower on for you so it'd be hot when you have a shower, but like didn't unplug the bath part. And then they got distracted by having sex, probably because B was naked from the bath and he was going to get naked. And then they just had sex instead. And then they flooded the whole fucking hotel room that they were in with the shower slash bath plug on. I, that's the only thing that that's the only narrative that I can come up with to make it make sense. So that's what I choose to believe. Sally kind of asks why... Now we're kind of getting to what we're all thinking, I guess, is Sally asks why, like, why did you have to get married? You know, like, if you're 75, I mean, you you can sleep with whoever, but getting married is kind of a little bit different. Like, why did you feel the need to do that? Was it for taxes? Inheritance? Benefits? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to come up with, like, a non-money reason to get married I guess at that age but I mean people do I have no idea maybe when I'm 75 come back in like 40 years and if I'm still doing this podcast I'll tell you what I think about it I don't know so Sally kind of asks yeah like why did you need to make it official you know how does your family feel about it B's like oh just fine Sally asks Rusty if he loves B with his whole heart to which he responds I've had more fun with her than any woman I've ever met in my entire life. And everyone, like the audience all cheers and claps for that. But I, maybe because I was watching it slow enough to take notes. He did seem sincere, but I just, as I wrote it out, I was like, did that, did that actually answer the question though? (laughs) I don't think, I don't know if that answered the question, but okay. Oh, now, oh, now we're getting into it. Sally asks Rusty if he's been faithful this whole time. Rusty says, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Everyone boos. All this cheering and clapping, everyone turns now (laughs) on Rusty. So Sally tells us the story. I don't know why they can't tell it themselves, but Sally tells us the story that at some point, Rusty took one of his several lions to be groomed. We find out more details kind of from Rusty, but it turns out this was at... Because Sally's like, so you took him to the lion groomer? (laughs) He was like, no, I took him to the dog groomer. They were pretty shocked when I showed up with a lion. And it was like, yeah, you jackass, you showed up to a lion. (laughs) They're like, with a lion at a dog groomer's youth why did you think that was okay like so rude oh do they live in florida like i don't know why you'd think that was okay uh, i hope they charged him out the ass anyway he was there at the dog groomer with his lion one of several lions and he met a beautiful young blonde and she turned up pregnant but we're told that this is this is working out now because the child is now almost three and Rusty says that him and B are going to get custody of him or they're they've almost got custody of him and this is presented like a good thing like this is something that is a positive development uh my first thought was, do you still have the lions? Because maybe you shouldn't have a toddler and lions. I don't know. I just, Everybody do what you want. But it seems like a bit of a safety issue to me. B. Oh, now we find out more about B. B was 14 when she had her first kid. Because remember, if you remember, Sally made us a point to tell us that B is a great, great, great grandmother. Just three greats. Which is crazy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> My kid has a great-great-grandmother who's in her 90s. So, great-great-great-grandmother. And she's 75. Obviously, something happened. Which, yeah, she, <laughs> as we find out, as Sally digs into this, B was 14 when she had her first kid. And then that kid was 15 when she had her first kid. And then B's granddaughter was 16 when she had her first child. So we got a good cycle of trauma going on. But it does up with this again, I don't know, coming up next, or not coming up next, but next we're going to talk about how B has a lot of money. So I guess despite having so many children so young, so many generations in a row, 
seems like it worked out okay because uh, I guess she's uh, swimming in money. Apparently, uh, Sally, no, not Sally, uh, B and Rusty spent 11th, I don't know, this credit card thing comes up. One of B's daughters or granddaughters or something was upset because there was some credit card bill that had like $11,000 on it from a vacation. And it turns out B tells us herself that they spent about $250,000 in six months on vacations in all. <laughs> Sally asks Rusty if that's why he's interested. B says like, oh no, people say that, but I think they're wrong. Rusty tells us he's worked every day of his life and continues to work every day. Except the six-month vacation. <laughs> like, accepting the six-month $250,000 vacation, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe he counts it as work. Who cares? That's the thing. At the end of this, at the end of the day. Who cares? She's 75. She's an adult. She's got money. She can spend it however she wants. If that's what's keeping Rusty here and... I've, you know, I mean, if he's not into it, then he's working hard too, right? Like, it's fine. I don't think anybody, it seems like at least everyone is consenting to what's happening and nobody is being hurt financially in like a serious way. I mean, that is a lot of money to spend on a vacation, but if you're 75 and you got $250,000, go ham. Like, you've earned it. Go for it. Have fun, B. Anyway, now we cut to commercial. Oh, sorry. Before that, just really quickly, Sally tells B that she hopes she's as vibrant as B is when she's 75. And I think we should kind of, I mean, I don't know. My mom's close to 75 and my mom actually seemed quite a bit, seems quite a bit younger than B seems in this episode. Maybe those four years make the difference. I don't know. But um, yeah, I hope, I hope I have B's libido when I'm 75 too. Amen to that. We go to commercial. We still, because it's Sally, she always shows us what happened during the break. What happened during the break is Rusty and B made out more. Up next, Natasha and her sister Sarah. They are both 19 years old. They are identical twins. Her uh, Sarah, we meet Natasha first, but her sister Sarah is with the 45-year-old man Sam getting a bit murky <laughs> murky as far as consent goes they show us Natasha's letter to Sally while a voiceover of Natasha reads it to us it's very high school letter or like note letters are kind of weird do we like it's weird to watch a letter because it's weird to watch a letter it's weird to even look at a letter because I feel like it's been so long, it like almost took me back to my childhood, not even in a high school passing notes way, but we don't write letters, nobody writes letters anymore. <laughs> Makes sense. We have emails, but even emails, like people aren't really e writing emails in this fashion. I guess in 2023, if Natasha was writing to Sally, Jesse, Raphael, I guess she would probably have written the same words in an email, but I don't know. <clears throat> it was... uh it was odd to look at and listen to. Natasha and Sarah are wearing <laughs> identical outfits. I'm just trying really hard not to be offensive, but they are wearing outfits that are identical in terms of like they are wearing the same shirt and they're wearing the same skirt and they're wearing the same necklace and they have their hair done the same way. Natasha and Sarah are not the same sized person. They are identical. You can definitely see. Literally the first time I was watching it, I looked over at the screen and I was like, why are we watching? Because they have, okay, they have, I feel like I'm not explaining this very well. Sorry. So they have Natasha. She's on stage. She's talking. And then again, typical Sally, we have a, her, it's a split screen. So we see Natasha on one side and then on the other side, we're watching Sarah and Sam who are backstage. And as I was watching, I was like, why is, why do they have the person on stage talking and also a shot of the same person backstage at the same time? Like, why am I looking at the same person twice on screen right now? Oh, they're identical twins. Okay, well, that makes more sense. And when you do really look a bit closer, more than just kind of that first glance, it, Natasha's, Natasha's 
Natasha's a few sizes bigger than Sarah. Definitely. They again, they look the same, but they're Natasha's bigger. They have the same clothes in the same size is the problem. Like they didn't, it's not like, oh, we'll buy the same sweater, but you get a small and I'll get a large. No, they both got mediums. So Natasha's sweater is pretty tight or Sarah's sweater is pretty loose. And the necklace was really the worst part because it was a sparkly choker necklace. And it really cut into Natasha's neck in a way that looked really uncomfortable and very unflattering and which did not seem to be a problem that Sarah had. Their sweaters were also hideous. I don't even know if they make sweaters like that. There, it was, it was like an oatmeal color and an oatmeal texture. It was zipped up, but like a knit sweater, but it had like a t-shirt sleeve, t-shirt length sleeve on it. It was really ugly. And they both had these long white skirts, which I'm not really a white skirt person. How do you do anything? You know, in Love is Blind, I'll, I'll try to stick to the subject matter, but in Love is Blind, the one guy, was it Brett, had a white suit that he was all fussy in particular about. And then they showed a shot of him and Tiffany sitting on a truck. And I was like how are you doing this? I was like, I promise you there's a blanket that we can't see under Brett because if you're wearing white pants or a white skirt, you're fucked. Your day is fucked. I'm sorry to tell you that's not, it's not a pragmatic choice for you. Apparently, this is Natasha telling us the story of Sam and Sarah. Apparently, Sam showed up at their sweet 16 party because he was a friend of their stepdad's. Gross, gross, gross. Sarah went over. It does this. Okay, now we're getting murky. See, 16, not old enough to give consent. Sarah went over, I guess, and started talking to Sam. And now the next thing you know, they're dating. Sam has a ponytail and a super receding hairline. He has kind of like those like rat faces. And he has a mustache, like a capital, like it's like a thing. It's not a shitty, like, it's not a shitty mustache, I guess, but it does kind of make him, he's a bus driver. <laughs> he looks like a bus driver, like a, like a school bus driver. So they say that they were just friends until they, she was 18. And then when she was 18, they, I guess, started dating. She moved in with him like right away at 18, which makes me think they were more than friends. Mom, their mom wasn't into it at first, and now she's, I guess, resigned to it. But their grandparents are still dead against it. Good for them. Natasha's tried to talk Sarah out of it, but Sarah says she loves them. Sarah and Sam are making out backstage, by the way, this whole time. Everyone just can't. Like, we believe you. Like, you don't have to. You don't. I wonder if. Sally's people told them all to make out because it's weird for one couple to make out so much. It's bizarre to watch so many people make out (laughs) in one place. Apparently people stare at them when they go out together. Sam drives the bus for high school kids, by the way, which is even grosser. Uh, Do you not have self-awareness to even just make up a different job? (laughs) You must realize how bad that sounds. Apparently... They were at a restaurant, like, on a date, Sam and Sarah, and some of the high school kids that he drives were there, and they came up, and they're like, ooh, who's this? Is your niece? She's cute. (laughs) He was like, oh, it's my girlfriend. And they were like, okay, but really? Like, who is this? And he was like, it's seriously my girlfriend. We also hear that Sarah took Sam to a high school dance, and people thought she was dancing with the janitor, which is hilarious and believable because he has a real janitor's mustache and a real janitor's look to him custodian I guess I'm surprised that Sarah was allowed to take him to the high school dance and I might have said this before and it's just I don't think I did because I think it sounds creepier than it was like at some point I remember asking someone I think it was like a grade eight dance 
We had to bring someone, was it grad or something? Like, I think I tried to ask a guy who was in high school, who I wasn't even, I don't, don't be weird, guys. I wasn't, I, it was like my friend's brother or something. I just wanted, I was really tall, so I really wanted someone who was taller than me. And there were no boys in my age group that were taller than me. So there was literally nothing romantic happening. But I remember not being allowed to invite him, which in hindsight makes sense. Like I said, I, it honestly wasn't anything funny, but I understand why. And it makes me doubly confused that, I mean, obviously I don't live in the same country even that Sarah lives in, but it's surprising to me that you would be allowed to bring a 44-year-old man as a date to a high school dance. Here comes Sarah and Sam, audience booze. <laughs> Everyone loved Rusty and B. People are really not into <laughs> Sam and Sarah. Me either. Sarah says that they started out as friends and then it progressed into a fairy tale. Gross. There's no way Sam is a character in any fairy tale. He looks like he could maybe be like one of Cinderella's footmen. Like, you know, one of the animals. Like, yeah, he looks like a rat or a mouse that got turned into a helper. He doesn't give me Prince Charming, that's for sure. Apparently, I don't know, I guess to be fair, here's the thing that kind of makes me not, it's still gross, but the thing that doesn't make me outraged about it, I guess, is Sarah's like, listen, we're very happy together, he doesn't hit me, he doesn't do drugs, he has a job, he has three jobs. At that point I was like, meh, I don't know if it's good to have three jobs. I think it would be a better brag to say you have one really good job. As opposed to, like, bus driver and two other jobs to make ends meet. But no shame in that. I mean, he's working. It's good. Yeah, Sam is divorced. Sally asks why he started dating a 16-year-old. Because that's gross. Like, we... <laughs> so gross. He... He tells us it started as a dare. And everyone's like, who dared you? <laughs> it's not better. And apparently... Sarah dared him she says they were at a restaurant and Sarah dared him to take her out but I was like what about the party like what about the sweet 16 party we just heard about apparently Sam's gonna put Sarah through college for psychology <laughs> the whole audience was like yeah you, you okay maybe you'll learn a few things about psychology while you're in there that might change how you feel about the situation Sarah I don't know Sarah's like he's the one putting me through college now Natasha starts saying some weird shit Natasha says that Sam she thinks Sam deserves better than Sarah who is her twin sister I don't I wonder if she mixed up the names it just didn't make any sense and the whole audience is like what the fuck? Capricorn, Sally, everyone is like, what? And then she goes on, like, this is going to make it better. She goes on to tell us that Sam has hit on her numerous times. And has maybe even said that he prefers Natasha over Sarah. It's all disgusting, but also, I don't know, doesn't seem fully believable. I don't believe, I start to really question a lot of things that Natasha says. An audience member, I think this is our first audience question too, they ask Natasha if she objects to their relationship because she doesn't think they should be together or if it's because she's jealous. And Natasha doesn't, she's like, you need to sit down. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. They're just yelling back and forth at each other. It might, it might be true. But for some reason, Sam picks this moment, think that this is, pretty much the first time we've really heard from Sam, starts yelling over everyone who's already yelling something back. And fourth, he's like, Natasha, your boyfriend's 34, dear. So what's the difference? (laughs) Eventually, Natasha, after she starts yelling and he kind of repeats this to her, she's like, I don't know, like 11 years? (laughs) Funny burn. I don't know if it is better. 34 and 19 is not great either. It's better than 45 gross also I was like what happened in this family like uh Natasha and Sarah where's your dad is he around do you guys have 
Maybe some daddy issues? I don't know. Maybe when Sarah learns some psychology in college, we will get more clarity on that. I hope for them they do. <laughs> Sally asks Sam if he's serious. She's like, Sam, are you serious? <laughs> Sam's like, very serious. That was it. Sarah claims that she has the most stable relationship out of her four siblings, though. So we got that going for us. Sally asks Sarah if she's in love with Sam. Sarah says, I love Sam. I'm not in love with him. I don't think you can love someone after just three years. <laughs> I think you can. Like, I think that's, I guess, maybe it depends. I guess, yeah, when you're younger, maybe you can't. But I think that's more about your age than the length of time. Sally asks Sam if he's in love with Sarah, and Sam says, yes, I'm in love with Sarah. Now, Sam proposes to Sarah. She gets all smiley and giggly, even though she just told us that she doesn't think three years is long enough to know if you love someone or not. She's like, yay! She's all happy. She accepts, of course. I swear to God, though, what was strange was that Natasha was also giggly, and claps a little bit and kind of looks like how you'd look if your sister just got engaged and you were happy about it. Like she doesn't, all of a sudden she doesn't seem upset at all. She's like, hey, hey, hey. they're both like, they both seem happy. I, I really was like, uh, I'm really starting to think this was a ruse so that he could propose on TV. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Natasha's laughing. I don't know. She just, she doesn't look upset in the least it looks like she's like I got him but there's there's still the age like it's not it's not like they just lied about everything to get on here because at the heart of it is an engagement between a 45 year old and a 19 year old so I don't really know what to do with that and neither does Sally so we go to commercial guess what happened on the commercial break guys being rusty made out some more so there you go. Sally. <laughs> Sally has the worst segue I might have ever heard. Definitely on a talk show, possibly ever. Sally tells us that B's mom is dead, and maybe that's a good thing. Sally, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> B's 75. I mean, first of all, it's not necessarily true that her mom's dead, I guess, because if her mom, I don't know how old B's mom, obviously, again, it's been, it was a whole cycle of like 14, 15, 16. So say B's mom was like 18, that would make her what, like 93, which is, you know, a lot of people make it to 93. I don't think that, but I don't know if we needed to point it out for B, like, <laughs> so rude, like. Ah, well, that's one thing you don't have to worry about, B, is your mom's reaction to your relationship because she's dead. Like, okay, thanks for that, Sally. Next up, uh, this is why, you'll see why Sally said that, I guess. Again, I think it, it was a segue. It was just a horrible, horrible segue. Next up, we meet Gail, who is 35 years old. And when I saw Gail, and I'm also 35 years old, I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna have to kill myself. <laughs> if I looked like Gail at my age now, I don't know. I'd 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 go to the gym. I'd go to a stylist. I would never. Maybe I don't know, maybe it's a regional, a regional thing. She looked. She looked a lot older than 35. Not really her face. I guess her skin looked okay and her hair looked good, but like I mean, not good, but it looked healthy. She was dressed like a 60-year-old lady in the South going to church. And as someone who's 35, I would never, ever, ever dress like that. She also has kind of a, again, I don't want to say, she has a, she's kind of a doughy face. Kind of a no-neck situation. She has kind of a bob hairstyle with like big giant glasses and this dress, guys. Like there's just no reason to wear this dress unless you are over the age of 60 and on your way to a church or physically sitting in a church. There's no reason for it. It's purple. Purple. Like a purple. 
And it's got this big V shape that starts kind of halfway across her shoulders and then connects like down past her boobs on the front. It's so hideous. Anyway, Gail's 18-year-old daughter, Christy, is going to marry 40-year-old Roger. Gross. We got another side by each of Christy and Roger backstage. And guess what Christy and Roger are doing, guys? Guess. Guess. Did you guess? They're making out. <laughs> so gross. Roger, we learn, has a son who is the same age as Christy. Roger is older than Gail, if we didn't, if we didn't connect that. So Gail's 35, her daughter's 18, and Roger's 40. So it's actually five years older than Gail. So gross. And yeah, Roger has a son that's actually the same age as Christy. In fact, they were born like 10 days apart. Roger looks like a douche. Like, he looks like a douche. He do- I can't say he's not ugly. He's not really ugly. Like, Sam was, Sam was pretty ugly. But like, I mean, conventional Sam's ugly. But Roger's like, he's not bad looking, but he looks like a douche. He's got a chin strap kind of facial hair thing going on. He's got like a... I want to call it a Kangle hat. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a better word for that, but it's black. And then he also has a black bandana under it so that it kind of covers up more of the back of his head. It really made me wonder if he was bald or balding. And then he's got kind of a denim shirt on with most of the buttons undone. <laughs> just looks like someone I want to punch. Christy... Christy is dressed, so Gail is 35, dressed like she's 65. Christy's 18, dressed like she's 38. She is styled like in, you know, when I looked at it, I was like, I think that's actually probably pretty close to like the clothes and hair that my mom had in this same year. My mom was kind of older though. She's, my mom was probably like 40 and had, or in her 40s and was styled exactly like Christy, who's in her who's 18 and I'd not love my mom but she wasn't she wasn't that mom who dresses like she's 20 when she's 40 (laughs) if anything I would say she dressed a bit older so I don't know what to say about Christy she's got like it's like a turtleneck it's kind of got some stripes on it and her hair is sort of like a like a middle length hair I guess it's not really short it's not really long yeah she looks she's styled older than she needs to be she doesn't look 18 but she does when you look at her facial expressions which are the most teenager expressions you've ever seen gail tells us that her and christy used to be super close and that she knew when christy lost her virginity she nursed christy through her first hangover i thought those were weird mother-daughter closeness brags (laughs) i thought that was kind of a weird place to start but all right. Christy is shaking her head backstage you note know, with a snotty little stink face on. I didn't think I would use the word snotty in that context in my life because I think somebody used it on, was it Cody used it on Sister Wives, I think last season, about Christine with their snotty little attitude. And it's like, oh, that's more something you'd say about a teenager. And it never, it honestly never occurred to me to even use that word until I saw Christy with a snotty little look on her face. Gail says that Christy doesn't like following rules. She didn't like the school rules, so she quit and left. And it kind of, I kind of interpolate that that when Christy dropped out of school, Gail was like, you can get the fuck out of my house then (laughs) if you're 18 and you're not going to school. Sally asks (laughs) Gail, like they're not even on stage yet. Sally's like, well, what's wrong with Roger? And Gail's like, he's 40. To start, he's 40. Like, he's more than twice her age. Is that enough wrong with Roger for you, Sally? Also, it seems like they're going pretty fast. Which I guess is good, because, like... (laughs) It'd be worse if they'd been together for five years, because that would mean they got together when she was 13. But it's still not... I don't know. Don't rush a relationship like that, obviously. They're both bad. Gail tells us about Roger's grandiose stories that don't really add up. 
like they don't have money or a place to live but then he tells them that he has all these jewels but she's like so fucking sell your jewels then like why why do you have jewels but no house (laughs) get a house sell the jewels he has a story that he has oh my gosh guys this is so funny from (laughs) from whatever 30 years ago this is a brag at the time he brags that he had a hundred and eighty a one hundred and eighty five thousand dollar house. Whoa! Oh my gosh! I don't think he could buy a hole in the wall for a hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. Not in the area that I not not in the province that I live in. Anyway, this this big mansion of a hundred and eighty five thousand dollar house burned to the ground, but he can't get insurance money because of something or other like. I don't know. It's just bullshit anyway, right? Gail says (laughs) that's why he has to have an 18-year-old because only an 18-year-old would believe his nonsense. So out come Christy and Roger. Everyone boos. They make out grossly. Sally (laughs) says, Christy, when you met Roger, did you know how old he was? Christy, fucking brat attitude. She's like, not at first. But yes, before we got together, I did. Sally's like, well, how do you feel about what your mother said? Christy's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't think she's right. She doesn't live with them. So she doesn't see him like I do. Who are you to tell me what to do? And Gail's like, who am I? I'm the one that fucking pushed you out of my goddamn body, bitch. Like, <laughs> without the swears, but basically not much different than that. Christy's like, you don't even know him. And I thought this, Gail, I don't, I think Gail is a problem here as well, but Gail says, I don't have to know him. He's with a little girl, an immature little girl, which, yes, again, Christy's body language is extremely immature. She carries herself more like a 14-year-old than an 18-year-old, even if she's dressed like a 40-year-old. An audience member, (laughs) I didn't write down most of their audience people's outfits, but (laughs) this one I just had to write, purple sweater, frosted tips. (laughs) He had frosted tips. He he says, how is that any way to talk to your mother? You're crazy for being with him. He should be with your mother, not you. (laughs) Roger finally chimes in. Yeah, these guys don't talk a lot. Did you notice Roger and Sam? Not a lot to say. Probably because they know that the more words they say, the more, like, the easier it will be for us to nail them to the wall because they're obviously in the wrong Roger finally chimes in to tell us that Gail told Christy that she wouldn't amount to anything other than a bar slut. Cool. Roger, again, I think that's probably true. (laughs) Gail says it wasn't true. It might be. Again, I don't think Gail's necessarily like the best mom here, but Roger, you're gross. Roger's still taking advantage of a bad situation, I think is what is happening. Roger... Tries to say that Gail took Christy to a bar and then Gail clarifies, I think she says like a family club or something, but it sounds like more of a restaurant that did have alcohol. <laughs> we got this funny exchange. Roger's like, so what? The same thing. I don't even drink. And Gail's like, yeah, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Dead serious. Great. An audience member, I'm going to try. I also have a cold, so this would be weird, but this audience member, it's not me being an asshole. This this lady had a, a really strong lisp. And she was like, it's obvious that he's using you for your money because he cheated on you. If you want a friend or a boyfriend, go to a nursing home and find one. Which I thought was kind of rude. Like, again, I think Rusty and B are fine. I, who cares? <laughs> They're old. We don't have to go to a nursing home. Honey, <laughs> the nursing home guys, their dicks don't work. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do. We'll meet some people coming up here who could be in a nursing home who I guess their dicks do work. I assume with pharmaceutical help, but I just thought it was rude. Fuck her. Like, or fuck this audience member. I mean, I don't know. Good for you, B. You get yours. When I'm 75, I hope I can <laughs> I hope I can snag a guy in their 30s. We go to a commercial. And up next, we get some updates from past shows with this whole screen that's like whatever happened to uh the first couple I guess is a couple that Sally first met in 1992 Bobby who is the female who's 42 
and Jules, who's 82. So 40 year difference. Bobby is a former Playboy bunny. And we see this clip from the past show in 1992. Bobby's all dressed up in her Playboy bunny costume and the whole bit. And she says that it's the best sex she's ever had. We get this text over them that says Jules is now 86 years old and Bobby is 46. They're still happily married and about to celebrate their 24th wedding anniversary. So there you go. Jules says if it wasn't so cold in New York, he would have been here in person. (laughs) So which Sally... I don't know if she was her age. She's like, you can't blame them. Better to be down in Florida. <laughs> They've been married 24 years and everyone said it would never last. They'll probably make their 25-year anniversary. <laughs> in my head, I was like, you mean like if Jules doesn't die before then? Okay. Next update. So another Beatrice. Well, we call the other one B. This one more of a Beatrice. Beatrice is 74, and she was previously on the show three times with her boy toy, (laughs) Daryl. They've been here three times previously, professing their love for each other. Twice, (laughs) because we're watching the clips, I want to say twice of of these three times, they were wearing matching outfits. (laughs) Once as sailors and once as cowboys. And I'm, I, you can't make this up. Sally... (laughs) <laughs> Sally, sorry. When they're wearing their sailor outfits, they look exactly like Buster Bluth and Lucille Ball. Or Lucille Ball, oh my god. They look like Buster and Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. The resemblance was uncanny. <laughs> really, really was giving me Buster and Lucille realness. Also, Daryl is Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. He looks exactly like if you he could have he could have played Kip in Napoleon Dynamite. And Beatrice looks a lot like Napoleon's aunt. Also from Napoleon Dynamite. I literally wondered if the creators of Napoleon Dynamite had seen this episode and took it as like a vision that they wanted to recreate. And if that's what they were going for, they nailed it. Now we learn Beatrice has 18 children and 40 grandchildren, which is crazy to think of. I even, what, the Dug- the Duggars got a show for, what, six, when did this, what did they start with, 16 kids, 17 kids and counting? Beatrice could have had her own goddamn show. 40 grandchildren. Anyway, her and Daryl were together for four years. She's like, let's see if they're still together. Come out if you're back there. And Beatrice comes out by herself and she has a framed 8x10 picture with her. She's wearing a maroon sweater with this black sequins like design on it on the front. She tells Sally that her kids chased Daryl away while she was in the hospital. And we get these, God bless her heart, Beatrice. <laughs> love these exchanges these this these little back and forths were really what made this episode for me Sally's like how long were you together and Beatrice is like I was in the hospital five weeks Sally's like no no how long were you together Beatrice is like four weeks no four years oh my god we get a Chiron under Beatrice that says former guest Desperate to get her ex-boyfriend back. I hope I never have a Chiron that includes the word desperate under my face ever. Beatrice says her kids did it because they're jealous. <laughs> we get another back and forth where Sally's like, okay, time to make your plea to get back 23-year-old Daryl. And Beatrice is like, you want to see the picture? <laughs> Sally's like, I don't, okay, they kind of figured it out. She's like, sure, just go ahead. Just look at the camera right over there. And Beatrice does, and she's like, please come back to me. I love you with all my heart, and I want to spend our lives together. Sally's like, it must be very sad for you. And now we get a weird... The 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 Chiron people at Sally, I swear, are as bad as Ricky Lake. <laughs> as Sally tells Beatrice that she must be very sad, we get a Chiron under Beatrice that says... 
wants to make a plea to her 24-year-old lover, Daryl. Daryl. (laughs) Not Daryl. D-A-R-O-L-D. Daryl. It's like kind of a Freudian slip. An audience member, she's pointing at Sarah. She's like, you said it was a fairy tale. Click your heels three times and go home. To Christy, you've got an attitude problem. you got to go to school and learn. To B, hell yeah, you go, Grandma. <laughs> and then B and Rusty make out again, because I don't know. They've been basically making out this whole time. An audience member, another one says, I got a question for Commando, <laughs> by which he means Rusty. You really smooching her or giving her mouth to mouth? And Sally's like, we'll be right back. <laughs> Commercial. Sally... When we get back, she's like, <laughs> to Gail and Roger and Chrissy, I guess. She's like, what's happening over there? <laughs> Sally, you tell us. It's, it's your show. Apparently, they're fighting. It sounds like they're kind of fighting about where Chrissy is living. Gail does state firmly that she's like, okay, B and Rusty are adults. So, I like, fine. Who cares? But fuck Roger and fuck Sam. (laughs) These guys are gross. We get a lot of yelling. Roger stands up like he's going to fight Gail. (laughs) Okay. Gail, for, I mean, I know she said she was bigger, but she's short. She's a short lady. So I don't, are you really going to fight her? She's five years younger than you. (laughs) Fuck. You're not going to fight her. But he stands up like he's going to fight her. And then Rusty stands up and like bear hugs him from the front to hold him back which was really effective and then sam the rat faced dweeb tries awkwardly to help but he's a little shrimp so he's just gonna stand in there like he's gonna help but there's no fucking way he was ever gonna be useful not in this situation maybe if the high school kids on his bus fight maybe he could break that fight up but even so i wouldn't trust him with it Sally's like, well, let's change the subject now with a new couple. (laughs) 32-year-old Patty and 74-year-old boyfriend, Joe. We kind of see some clips of them from past (laughs) episodes. Patty says that it's like the first time that they're on. We see a clip. Patty's like, oh, it's the best sex I've ever had. And then it shows their second appearance. It looks like they got married on the Sally Jesse Raphael show on their second appearance. And then their third appearance was about the possibility of Joe cheating. (laughs) Sucks. Uh, And there's a Chiron under Joe that says, says 31-year-old wife Patty is a jealous baby. (laughs) Hey, Joe, maybe don't use the word baby. (laughs) Patty's in her 30s, so again, she's an adult and she can consent, but... If you if your wife is 31 and you're more than twice her age, I just I just stay away from the word baby, that's all. Joe says he didn't cheat, but he did prior to being with her sleep with her sisters. Patty's on stage. This is all still the flashback, right? Patty comes on stage. I get her, I don't know, it just shows her on stage. There's a Chiron under her that says had a sexy makeover because she says husband is cheating. <laughs> okay. If your husband's cheating on you, I think you have a lot of steps to get to before getting yourself a sexy makeover. Patty then tells the us, but past us, past past us, because it was a past show, that she caught Joe fucking her sister three weeks ago. Like, she caught them in bed. So, like, why are we here, like, oh, accused of cheating? You cheated. <laughs> what the fuck? But then we see her kiss him passionately. But it looks like a stage kiss. Every time Patty kisses Joe, it looks like a stage kiss. I say this is someone who had to stage kiss once, and I remember how awkward it felt and how awkward it looked, and it's this. Like, it's, it's exactly as awkward as Patty and Joe. Sally tells us, like past, present us, <laughs> that on their last visit, we heard they were having some problems. Are they still together? What do you think? If you're back there, come on out, guys. And they come on out and they give a big old stage kiss. Patty looks like a patty. <laughs> I to say her hair is very teased. She looks like a patty. 
And she's wearing, it looks like the same outfit as the last time she was on the show, which seemed like a weird choice to me. Patty says she's still jealous of her sister, but he doesn't think that she doesn't think that Joe's actively cheating on her. She thinks her sister would go for it, but and this turn this sentence turns into her awkwardly telling us that Joe she's like Joe's like me. He likes his sex a lot. <laughs> Gross. She tells us that they had sex for a full day the other day and Sally's like oh how was it and Joe's like real good (laughs) it's the only I think that's the only thing Joe says the whole time he's on stage Patty's like I was the one who had to tell him like Joe give me a break let's get off of me so Joe's taking some blue pills is what this tells me and she, Patty tells us that she wants everyone to know that she loves this man for what he is, which is gross old perv. <laughs> Commercial! Now we get Gilda. I don't know if we've talked about Gilda before on the podcast. She did look kind of familiar. The name Gilda is a really distinctive name. I feel like I would remember that, but I don't know. What's weird is that she's styled exactly like Sally Jesse Raphael. She looks like Tony Collette playing Sally Jesse Raphael in the biopic. She has a dress. When I say styled, I mean like her hair and I guess kind of her makeup. It's very Sally. But her dress is Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. It's like, it's like pencil skirt with a black jacket with this huge, like wide collar that covers I think her whole shoulders and it looks a bit fuzzy and it's all black and she has this huge statement necklace on (sighs) the styling is so weird I understand wanting to look nice if you're gonna be on tv it's just weird to look that nice (laughs) like 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 that girl who's on Jerry Springer dressed like she was going to the opera like where do you think you're going (laughs) you don't have to be like this it's weird Patty immediately because Gilda comes out and Patty and Joe are the last people on stage so Gilda's standing in front of them and Patty's like hey babe could you just move so that your butt's not in my husband's face <laughs> that'd be so great <laughs> like yeah uh if, yeah if you're with a guy like Joe I can see why <laughs> I can see Sally tells him to calm himself Gilda I don't know probably she has like the stupid boilerplate intro to what she's gonna say she says that anthropologists have studied this and they found that young women like older men for their power and wealth and older men like younger women for their youth and honey (laughs) so gross out of all of the gross things that we've kind of witnessed on this stage in this episode saying that older men like younger women for their honey really took the cake it really made me want to vomit more than anything uh kind of a quick I mean Gilda goes through it quickly too but Gilda says she's troubled by Roger and Christy there's obviously a big mother-daughter problem going on and then Roger when she says this like Roger puts his hands up like he's like thank you like to himself and it's like no like you're not you're also a problem Roger you're just not the main problem (laughs) you're the symptom it's not better. <laughs> Gil, I don't know. When Gilda's talking, Gil's like, no, no, no. And Gil, and Gilda's like, no, listen, I'm the expert. You listen to me. <laughs> then Sally's like, good for her. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. But I, again, this kind of more than anything, I feel like you see these people on Dr. Phil a lot where they're like, I just need help. And you're like, okay, you could do this. And they're like, no, I can't do that. And it's like, what? you came to me for advice so you take it or you shut up like don't tell me I'm wrong don't ask for my help and then tell me I'm wrong it's fucking rude and stupid of you Gilda makes Gail talk to Christy but it's like really boring and it's not very productive and I think they really need more than like three minutes of counseling Gilda by the way is on her knees in this outfit for some reason just to talk to them on their level I guess Gil, yeah, she just obviously doesn't, she can't be wrong. She's one of those people that can't be wrong. I bet that is what is causing a lot of issues with Christy, who also looks like she can't be wrong. Gilda 
says she's also concerned about Sarah and Sam. And they talk about love him versus being in love with him and how you love your father, but you're not in love with your father and just gets really gross. There's a lot of yelling and basically Sally's like, the answer is she should take her time. Like regardless of whatever, if this is right or not, you don't have to get married right now, right? If it's a good relationship, it'll be a good relationship. No reason to get married so quickly. And Gilda says she's fine with Rusty and B. They're old enough to know and make their own decisions and Rusty and B make out again. <laughs> really, really uh, bookend this whole episode with images of them making out and that's it i go to commercial they come back sally says we would like to thank dr gilda and harley davidson of stanford i guess for the motorcycle at the beginning so rusty's into motorcycles that wasn't even his own motorcycle just questions on questions and she says she wraps it up we'll see you next time and i will see you next time just kidding because it's a podcast so i won't see you but i will talk to you and i hope that you will listen and (laughs) i hope that you enjoyed listening today i hope that your day is great and your week is even better again r.i.p jerry springer i'd love it if people would like maybe connect on my facebook And leave me some messages about your best Jerry Springer memory. Anyone who does that, I will at least show you out, if not read it, on the podcast. So there's your motivation. Thank you again for being here. If you have a very quick minute to rate and or review and or subscribe, I really cannot tell you how far that would go for little me with my little podcast. If you would like to contact me... You can reach me at realityrootspod at gmail.com and you can also connect with me on Facebook under Reality Roots Pod. It is a profile, not a group. I don't know if that was the correct thing to do. I've been thinking lately about how I'm going to manage Facebook because I'm not really a Facebook girl. I know, so I'm sure I say that every week, but I'm not really a Facebook girl. So I'm doing my best, but you can always reach out to me and connect me with that. I got a lot of spam I think bots and stuff that added me last week. So if I deleted you or if I rejected your request, it's because I thought you were a spam. Please uh, request again. <laughs> have a look again. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye.